You know what I hope the Big 12 does? I hope the Big 12, and along with, by the way, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 10, the Group of Five, I hope they tell the SEC to pound some sand. That's what I hope. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you for another week. So uh, this came to my attention, and we wrote about this on the site. And by the way, if you are on the radio show, we love you. If you're on the podcast, uh, please do know that we greatly appreciate your ratings and reviews. That helps this show grow every single day. And we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail when you leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So, with all that being said, I saw this report in ESPN this week, and it was so predictable. What did they say? What did they write? They wrote through Pete Thamel that the SEC could stage its own college football playoff. It's on the table at next week's spring meetings in Destin, Florida. Oh, yeah. They could have their own playoff. Oh, boy. Hey. Stick it where the sun don't shine. Pound some sand. Take a hike. Don't care. Sayonara. See you later. Goodbye. You know what this is, right? You know what's going on here? What's going on here is the SEC leaked this to ESPN, its biggest TV partner, its main TV partner, soon to be its only TV partner, as a way to try to get the Big 12 and get the Pac-12 and get the Big 10 and get the ACC to shake in their boots and say, oh, like, oh, gosh almighty, you mean the SEC might do its own playoff? Oh, we'll do whatever you ask, SEC. What do you want? College football playoff expansion? What can we do for you? Here, I'm going to bend over now. Whatever you guys want, be our guest. That's why this was leaked to Pete Thamel of ESPN. The SEC is trying to flex its muscles. Here's the problem for the SEC. And here's what every athletic director Every commissioner, every university president needs to realize. The SEC by itself is not as strong as it thinks it is. It's not. Let them have their fun. Let them uh, call their bluff and let them have their own playoff. All right. That's I would do that today. Today. Tell them to take a hike, have fun, go have your own playoff. Sayonara, see you later, goodbye, and uh, see how that works out for you. That's what they should be doing. All right? Challenge them. Call their bluff. See how it works. See what they actually want to do. So here is part of the report. Part of the report is that the SEC could start its own playoff because they're upset the college football playoff is not expanding as it was expected to basically a year ago at this time. We know the playoff is not expanding and it will stay in its current format for the next couple of years. That's a four-team playoff because the decision makers, and it needs to be unanimous, were all bent out of shape when the SEC sneakily added Oklahoma and Texas out of nowhere last summer. That once again leaked and uh, it really blew up the SEC's plans. The SEC did not want that to get out. They wanted to get a 12-team college football playoff then get the Oklahoma-Texas news out, and then it's like conveniently, hey, we got a 12-team playoff, and half of them are going to be from the SEC every year, if not more. So it's basically an SEC playoff. 
And by the way, Oklahoma and Texas, it is not good for Oklahoma and Texas, at least if they're in the business of winning national championships, to go to the SEC with a four-team college football playoff format. That's not good for them. That's not beneficial for those two teams. Ask Nebraska. Ask Missouri. Ask Colorado. Ask them if the extra money was worth it to the fan base. All right? And they'll say, well, of course, we need the money. More money is always good for us. Okay, maybe the university bureaucrats will say that. But the the, the true fans of these football teams, Missouri fans in no way can justify their move to the SEC outside of money. And you know what? If you're a fan and your team's making an extra $10 million, which means nothing to you, by the way, from TV revenue, and you know, you're know you not even competitive when it comes to football and basketball, for that matter, uh, partially because you feel like an outlier in the SEC, you really think that was a great move? You really think Nebraska made a great move to the Big Ten? Oh, well, it's a quality you know, you know the Big Ten, all about the quality institutions. Yeah, and uh, you go five and seven every year in football. So how's that working out for you? Seriously, how's that working out? I, I'm, I'm curious to know. It's time to call the SEC's bluff here. The SEC thought that it could get the college football playoff expansion done, then announce, oh, by the way, Oklahoma and Texas are coming in. And then everything was going to be hunky-dory, and they were going to continue to run college football and grow the gap between the haves and the have-nots. But guess what? It didn't happen. Their plans got blown up. So now they're all bent out of shape because the college football playoff is not expanding, at least not immediately. It still may very well expand. But it's not immediately expanding. So what does that mean? What happens moving forward? Well, what happens now moving forward is the SEC is threatening to have its own eight-team playoff. So let me get this straight. You're going to have, what, uh, 16 teams in your league, right, with Oklahoma and Texas, and you're going to have all these teams basically play each other throughout the season and then have your own eight-team playoff at the end of the year after many of these teams have already played each other during the regular season. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Wow, that boy. The only way that works is if the gap between the haves and the have-nots if the gap between the SEC and the rest of college football continues on as is, if the gap keeps growing. But here's the thing. I don't believe the gap's going to keep growing. I don't deny that when Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC, that will be hands down the best college football conference in America. There's no doubt in my mind that's going to be the case. I won't deny it. But the gap is not going to be as big as they want to make it out to be. The Big Ten, the ACC, the Big 12, and uh, the Pac-12, if they stay together on this, will have the upper hand. There's going to be a lot of other TV money out there. Okay, fine, the SEC is going to make the most. But think about this as well. And you've seen this with some of the new deals or some of the new reports that have come out that it's not just ESPN and Fox in the mix anymore for college football playoff TV rights. NBC's getting back in the mix. They're in the mix with Notre Dame, but they want to possibly build on that. CBS is out of the game pretty soon here with the uh, SEC deal over coming to an end. They may want to get back in. They could use CBS Sports. They could use Paramount Plus. Amazon, Apple, other big streamers with big money to spend 
are getting into the conversation here. And that's what completely changes the landscape. So it's not a slam dunk at all that somehow the SEC is going to run away from the Big Ten, going to run away from the Big 12, uh, run away from the ACC or the Pac-12. It's just it's far from a guarantee. And in this case, there is strength in numbers. There's no question about it. There is strength in numbers. And these other conferences need to put their egos aside and realize that, by the way. And you can stand up to ESPN. And they can do it. Just ask Bob Bowlesby, Big 12 commissioner. He did it this summer when he basically told them to take a hike and stick it where the sun don't shine. All right, Bowlesby shot off a cease and desist letter to ESPN alleging collusion in helping Oklahoma and Texas move to the SEC. SEC fired back, and then eventually it ended with uh, the two sides agreeing they wouldn't talk trash about each other. But the Big 12 has nothing to lose here. And maybe Bowlesby's like, I don't want this fight. I'm retiring, man. I'm out. I'm done. I'm good. Whatever. Not not whatever. I mean, I think Bowlesby's very engaged, but he's not sitting there in, in fire and brimstone right now. He's trying to figure out who's going to be the next person and help them transition into that job as well as possible, right? That's That's what he's interested in doing. But these conferences have got to get together. The SEC thinks it runs the show, and I understand it's the best football conference in America, and it will be as well, especially after Texas and Oklahoma join them. But they are trying to bully their way. That's what they're trying to do here. Bully their way into getting what they want. And the Big 12 needs to wake up and call these other power conferences and make sure everybody's on the same page right out of the gates. That needs to happen and it needs to happen today because ESPN and the SEC are going to try to do exactly whatever the heck they want. They have tried and somewhat successfully run the sport as they see fit the last decade, decade and a half or so. And that will only continue and that will only get worse unless you put your foot down and say enough. We're done. It's not happening. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up, I want to talk about the uh, TV contracts in the Big 12 and how that could benefit them after expansion happens. We'll get to it next. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. So as you know, if you've been listening to this show for any period of time, I am uh, so jacked up for the start of uh, Big 12 expansion. I know I'm not getting ahead of myself here. We still have the 2022 season But when I saw these reports about the 2023 season, I was like, man, this is going to be so fun. I don't know what I'm going to tell my family when I'm watching 14 hours in a row of Big 12 football, but I'll worry about that at a later time. (laughs) Uh, Pete Mundo with you on heartlandcollegesports.com. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. So here's what, um, if you missed it, here's what came out this week. What came out this week was that the Big 12 could find itself in a situation where they've got four TV windows come 2023. Now, how would that work? What would that look like? And this is from the Oklahomans' Barry Trammell, who, yes, by the way, does not like me. What did Barry call me that one time? A hack or something like that? I forget what it was. But uh, (laughs) Barry used to come on the show, and then he went on an Oklahoma podcast and called me a radio hack or something like that. So... Anyway, go figure. But uh, regardless, here's what Barry reported. That the Big 12, when it adds BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, will become the only uh, major conference to have teams in three time zones. 
and the Big 12 could have kickoff times in each of the national windows, 11 a.m. Central Time, 2.30 p.m., 6 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. That's in large part thanks to the addition of BYU, located, of course, in Provo, Utah, playing in Mountain Daylight Time. So think about this. The Big 12 has games at UCF and West Virginia in the 11 o'clock slot. You've got Oklahoma State Baylor hosting games at 2.30. You've got Texas Tech and Kansas State hosting 6 p.m. games. And you got BYU hosting a 9.30 game. That is huge. I mean, that would be that, that that basically makes it so one network can say, we are all in on the Big 12 conference, and Saturdays will be 14 straight hours of live football. That's what it allows for the Big 12 conference. And the story here from Barry Trammell was basically about how uh, BYU and many BYU fans don't love the night games. All right, because it's cold out there in Provo, especially you get later in the season. Uh, They always have been playing at night because they have this exclusive deal with ESPN, and ESPN puts them in that time slot, and they don't really care for it, but they do it because ESPN pays them money. And now uh, their leadership, they're out here saying, you know what, we're happy to do it, we want to do it, and we are more than willing to do it. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, for for BYU and the Big 12. How about that? You know, this is a novel concept probably to many Big 12 fans. Everyone in the conference looking out for the best interests of the conference. Oh, my goodness. Who would have ever thought that that was a possibility? Right? You mean the conference actually pulling together and looking out for each other? Holy smokes. I never would have guessed that. I say that obviously tongue-in-cheek, all right? Obviously tongue-in-cheek because the Big 12 for too long has had too many members who are simply looking out for their own best interests, the rest of the conference, and their partners be damned. And I don't need to go down that list for you. You know who they are over the last 10 years or so. So that's the other reason I get excited about this because BYU is saying, yeah, we don't really like the night game or their fan base doesn't like the night game. They've been doing it for a long time because of ESPN, but they get it, they understand it, and uh, they're willing to do it because it helps them and it helps the new conference that they're in. So here's what their AD said to Barry Trammell about the late kickoffs. We get it. I get complaints when we have another 8 or 8.15 kickoff, but we're on TV nationally. And when we're on TV nationally on the big game, We want those games. That's one of our pillars. We want those exposures. We understand that that could be a factor. Went on to say it's not likely every home game for the Cougars will be a night game when they join the Big 12, but we'll have more than our share because it's a valuable slot for the Big 12. However they do it, we're going to jump in. You do what's best for the conference. A novel concept. You do what's, oh, my goodness. Give me phrases you never thought you'd hear for 200. You do what's best for the conference. How about that from the BYU athletic director? That's a great statement. I love hearing that from him. So I was just excited for the Big 12 when I saw that. Now, uh, speaking of news and notes around the Big 12, who is the new commissioner going to be? We know that Bob Bowlesby's days are numbered. He's going to be retiring 
at some point this year. Uh, and he will help with the transition as well. So what we've got going on right now, um, and these comments were made by Gene Taylor. He's the Kansas State athletic director. The yes, Kansas State athletic director. He said this week, as uh, the KC Catbackers were traveling around the state of Kansas, he said most, and this was per Kellis Robinette of the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. Most Big 12 leaders would prefer to hire a new commissioner who has a college background, such as a sitting athletic director. Adding navigating the exits of Oklahoma and Texas, the arrivals of BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, and landing a lucrative TV deal will be of the highest priority for the new boss. So that means that the idea that they would maybe go outside of the traditional athletic director, somebody already in the Big 12 office, uh, seems unlikely. We'll put it that way. Seems unlikely they'd go the route of the Pac-12 with their commissioner, who's a guy named George Kliakoff. All right? Like, that's not the way that the Big 12 is going to go. And I, I never thought it was going to be the way the Big 12 was going to go. I, you look at uh, Kliakoff, this was a guy who was previously the president of entertainment and sports for MGM Resorts. So, like, the Big 12 was not going to go that route. I never thought that they would go that route. And it doesn't make sense for them to go that route necessarily because of the issues that Gene Taylor brought up there. The Big 12 needs somebody who knows how to do conference expansion, who has some experience in that realm, or if nothing else, is trusted by all the people in the room. And there is a guy who has that experience, by the way. That guy is Oliver Luck. He's been the athletic director at West Virginia. He's run pro sports franchises. NFL Europe, Major League Soccer. He's run a citywide sports authority in Houston. NCA Regulatory Committee. Served on the College Football Playoff Committee. Had a brief stint with the XFL before that all fell apart with COVID. Uh, knows the Big 12 and I think has an enormous amount of respect around the entire sport. And I believe that the new members, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, will respect and be thrilled if somebody like Oliver Luck is in charge. Um, it's not somebody from what you would necessarily say is the old guard Big 12, which I think is great uh, and builds trust amongst the new members and even the you know, two most recent members prior to that in West Virginia and TCU. So there's a lot of benefits uh, to a guy like Oliver Luck. I also want somebody who knows the culture of the Big 12, who gets the culture of the Big 12. You know, some of the other names, and that's why I also would be okay with someone like Baylor AD Mac Rhodes, heck, Jamie Pollard, Iowa State. And, and I don't think that those guys are getting it. I don't think they're doing it. I'm not even sure that they would even have interest in it. I think Mac Rhodes just signed a big deal, a uh, 10-year extension. I think Jamie Pollard as well also signed a deal here in the last, I don't know what it was, year or two. But uh, understanding this conference, where it's been, having the pulse of the conference, I believe to be vitally important in deciding who that next commissioner is going to be. I don't think it makes sense to go the route of like an Alabama athletic director, uh, Greg Byrne. Yes, you maybe hurt the SEC. Oh, we got one in the SEC. But Understanding the Big 12 and the moment the Big 12 is in right now and where the Big 12 has been, that chip on the shoulder, everything that comes with it, I believe that's really important. 
And I think that has to be the number one factor that gets considered over anything else in this hiring process. So uh, those were some interesting comments from Gene Taylor as he made them earlier in the week about, you know, where the Big 12 may go with its new commissioner. And it would be somebody, according to him and other leaders in the Big 12, as he put it, who have a college background, such as a sitting AD or somebody else like an Oliver Luck who has worked in and around the conference. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. It's great to be here with you as we roll through another show. If you are on the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating and a review. That helps us out tremendously as we continue to grow the show. And be sure to send me an email with your rating and review, a screenshot of your rating and review on iTunes to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Can't thank you guys enough for doing that. And it's just my way of saying thank you. It takes 30 seconds to a minute to do it. And uh, that's why the only way to get a Heartland College Sports koozie is to leave that rating and review. By the way, we've got new podcasts we are launching and have launched, the Jayhawker Talker. Uh, We've got our Bedlam podcast, and we have many more that are getting launched soon. Iowa State, Texas, Texas Tech, all coming your way. So we've got more information on that. Just search Heartland College Sports. You'll get all these podcasts and much more. So be sure to be on the lookout and listening for more of that information. Coming up on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care. We'll talk soon.